Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, September 28th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. How about those Wildcats? Kansas State, twice down 21 at third-ranked Oklahoma, scored the game's final 24 points to pull off the upset. Never had a K-State team defeated a top-three team on the road until Saturday. Beat writer Callis Robinette was at the game in Norman and stops by to tell us how it all came together. Then we'll hear from K-State coach Chris Kleiman from part of his post-game interview on the K-State Sports Network with Wyatt Thompson and Stan Weber. After a break, you'll hear from Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. It's game night for the Chiefs, the huge Monday night football game against the Ravens in Baltimore, and Kelsey talked about the matchup between what seems like the two best teams in the AFC. But let's get started with Kellis. Kellis Robinette joins us, and coming off the biggest road victory for Kansas State by opponent's ranking in history, the Wildcats beat Oklahoma 38-35 on Saturday. Kellis and I are talking about it on Sunday, and and Kellis, I'm I'm still finding myself going back to the to the highlights to watch the the touchdowns and the comeback, and it I still find it hard to believe that that Kansas State was able to pull this off. I, I uh, all all due credit to the Wildcats to Coach Chris Kleiman for for having them ready, but I, I got to tell you, I think Oklahoma's just and Lincoln Riley's just got to be devastated over this loss and and allowing it to happen, but. Man, what a, what a great win for the Wildcats, and it wiped away a little bit of the bad taste of the you know of the opening game, the opening game loss to Arkansas State. Did it? Did it not? Well, it sure did. Um, I mean, hey, we're exactly where we thought Kansas State would be after two games, right? One and one. <laughs> so um, it was it was a bizarre game. I can't say I've ever seen a football game just completely flip like that, where one team is just mauling the other for thirty minutes. And then the other team gets its turn to do the exact same thing to the other team. Um, I mean, hey, just just like you said, all credit to Kansas State. They hung in there and never never gave up, uh, showed confidence when really they didn't have a whole lot of reason to. I mean, um, the final numbers look great with what they did on offense, but at the end of the first quarter, Oklahoma had 171 yards and Kansas State had 12. They didn't get a yeah. single first down. Uh, it wasn't until the second quarter where they finally moved the sticks, and that was because – Oklahoma had this really bizarre delay of game defensive penalty that allowed them to do it. So, I mean, the the Sooners came out and took control early, and then um, Kansas State just hung in there and then took control late. And it was uh, it was you know it was a thrill to watch just because I believe at the at the height of uh, Oklahoma's run when they got it to thirty five fourteen, I think at that point ESPN gave Kansas State's win probability a one point two percent chance of uh, coming back to win that game. And they needed just about everything to go right uh, in order to do it, but it happened. They scored touchdowns on four straight drives. They got a go-ahead field goal. They blocked a punt. Uh, they uh, got an interception. A couple, I mean, a couple of interceptions during that run. During that, during that run. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, uh, shoot. Just amazing. I mean, I, the type of thing you don't see. You just don't see in college football, not – you know, not not like this. You don't you don't see it. It's actually more common in the NFL to see this because teams are so, you know, considered to be evenly matched. And you know, we saw what the Chiefs did in the playoffs last year, overcoming deficits in all their postseason games. But for Kansas State, this was this totally different than the the victory that K State had over Oklahoma last year, right? When the Wildcats jumped out big and then had to hold off the Sooners coming back to to reverse fortune like this in a game in a college game. You just don't see this. 
Right, and it wasn't like it came right after halftime either where there was some kind of magical adjustment that got made because Kansas State didn't really make their comeback until, oh, about 20 minutes were left in the entire afternoon. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, really, to me, it was just the one play really sparked everything when Skyler threw the ball to Deuce Vaughn um, on just a little simple short pass, and then he makes a guy miss, and all of a sudden he's got a 77-yard gain. Uh, I think just seeing that after – a first half of really getting a whole lot of nothing to actually see that, Hey, they could move the ball against Oklahoma. I don't know if that just kind of uh, stunned both teams a little bit where all of a sudden Kansas state was saying, Hey, we can do this. And Oklahoma was all of a sudden thinking, uh, shoot, maybe we've got something to worry about, but I mean, that opened the floodgates. The next drive, they had a 78 yard pass. Then there was a 35 yard pass to Deuce Vaughn then a 38 yard run from Deuce Vaughn for a touchdown. Um, I mean, I, I, I was trying to tell people before the season just out of caution to not compare this guy to Darren Sproles just because that's, you know, a crazy thing to do. But through two games, uh, he, he's got a case of being the best true freshman in school history. It's incredible what he's done. You know, after the first uh, – the, the completion from, from Thompson to Vaughn that, that got to the one and then Thompson pushed it in, um, that, that was the – correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the Wildcats' second touchdown. That made it 28-14. to 14. It did, correct. Okay, but but then Oklahoma scores again to 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 go up thirty. I thought they, I thought OU matched. You know, they 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 responded well, right? They did what you'd want a team to do. Uh, they, you know, they they went down and got a touchdown. But I, I think you make a really good point that at least that play at least changed the mindset for Kansas State, and you know proved that they could you know they they could do things against this Oklahoma defense. And I, I wanted to go back to um, halftime and and what um, and what what Chris Kleiman said in the post game after you know after the win and uh, and and what he what he told the the media about what he said at halftime and and how that um, you know the, how that must have resonated with his team. I think we've got some video or, or some audio of that that we'll play uh, at the end of our conversation today. But what did what did Coach Kleiman tell his team at halftime? Well, basically, he just came in and said, "Don't don't look at the scoreboard. Um, you guys are just beating yourselves. That that's why the score is what it is." And then he challenged everybody in the locker room and said, "Basically, do you guys feel like you belong in the same field as the Oklahoma Sooners?" And everybody said, "Well, yeah, we do." And he said, "Do you guys think you can beat the Oklahoma Sooners?" And they said, "Yeah, we do." So then he said, "Well, let's go out there and prove it and just dominate one play at a time. Forget everything else." Don't worry about the deficit. Don't worry about the crowd, any of that. Let's just take it one game, uh, one play at a time. And sure enough, I mean, somehow that really fired up the team. Skyler Thompson said he was coming out of the locker room telling everybody who would listen to him they were going to win the game. And, um, I mean, yeah, even when Oklahoma had a 99% chance of winning, they Kansas State didn't stop believing. And, I mean, I give uh, Chris Kleiman a whole lot of credit there. I, I don't normally buy into the halftime speeches and whatnot, but the way players were reacting to it afterwards saying that, you know, they couldn't really even describe how much it motivated him. He he clearly got through to him with something that resonated in that moment. Yeah, you know, um, I, I remember watching the the Arkansas State game two weeks ago and just really concerned about the Wildcats because of the offensive line and it, it's it new. You know, five new starters. They um, they got pushed around. They didn't they didn't give Skylar Thompson enough time. They didn't open up enough holes. It just was not a good game first time out for this offensive line but gosh what a what an improvement from week 1 to week you know week 
game one to game two. It wasn't week one to week two, but game one to, ga- to game two. You got to, I don't know if, if game balls were handed out after the game, but it just seems like, seems to me that the offensive line deserved a lot of credit for, uh, for, for what happened in the second half. Well, they, they finally got it clicking in the second half. I wasn't impressed with them in the first half, but uh, they got Christian Duffy in there at left tackle in the second half, which I think helped them a lot. And I, I also think Courtney Messingham, the offensive coordinator, did the offense some favors by uh, I, I think it actually helped them in some ways that they were down big because they quit trying just to nonsensically run behind center on first down every play like they love to. Uh, all of a sudden, they were uh, passing the ball, which Kansas State's offensive line is better at protecting right now than run blocking. And when they did run, it was off tackle, outside, allowing uh, Deuce Vaughn and some other players to create in open space. So I think just the whole combination of things just kind of lent Kansas State's offensive line suddenly to playing to its style, which, uh, which, which is what we saw in the second half. They're, they're not a power running team at this moment, but they can do other things. And they gave Skyler a lot of protection. And um, the 78-yard pass that he had to, to, uh, to Mosey, um, I, give, uh, I pretty much give that one completely to the offensive line because Mosey, I think, was just a decoy in that play. He lined up a running back. They motioned him out. Um, and he was just running free in the open field with nobody even looking at him. But he was uh, so far down the read list, I think he was maybe the fourth or fifth option for Skyler on that play because he was on the left. When that play started, he was looking right. And he, he went down the list, not open, not open, not open. And we were up in the press box looking at it, just kind of thinking to ourselves, you know, throw to number six down there. He is completely <laughs> uncovered. But it's easy for us. We can see the whole field. Skyler's going through his, his reads. And all of a sudden, he finally has so much time, he looks left and sees him just standing there all by himself. And then, boom, you got a 78-yard gain. That's not possible without the offensive line giving Skyler six, seven seconds to do that. So big improvement for them, for sure. And on, on the defensive side, um, this just popped into my email uh, that uh, Jerron McPherson was named Walter Camp National Defensive Player of the Week for his efforts, uh, the forced fumble, and then the uh, and then the, the interception. So, just a just a terrific all around game. Uh, at least, you know, I guess we have to qualify. Great, you know, second half, fourth quarter for the Kansas State defense, a playmaking uh, game. You know, actually. Look, Spencer Rattler was was incredibly accurate for the first two and a half, three quarters, but he did, you know, I, th- I think the reason the score didn't get more out of hand in the first half was he, there were a couple of picks, right? I mean, the, the K, uh, Kansas State had a couple of interceptions at, um, you know, in, in the first half and were able to at least stop some drives because it, it got to the point in the first half where I thought the Sooners were going to score on every every possession. Yeah, and that's a great point. Um, I, I've never quite seen that stat before, but at halftime, I believe Spencer Rattler was 17 of 19 without a true incomplete pass because the two two that weren't completions were interceptions. So the ball never really touched the ground when <laughs> Oklahoma had it in the first half. It's just uh, Kansas State came up with two picks, and you're right, they kept him in the game. Uh, without those, the score is probably more inflated than 21-7. And if it's, you know, 35-7 at halftime, all of a sudden that comeback gets uh, exponentially harder and it probably doesn't happen. But they were very opportunistic all game. And what I was, I guess, most impressed with was, I mean, it wasn't just McPherson. He he was great. And I I think it's just a real shame looking back that he was hurt most of the game against Arkansas State because we saw how good he could play in this one. And had he been out there, they'd probably hold on and beat the Red Wolves. But it wasn't just him. I mean, Khalid Duke, 
on the defensive line, I thought he was the best defensive lineman on either side of the on either side of the line throughout the game. Um, and I thought the the cornerbacks they put out there surprisingly, given that uh, neither one of them started last week, were really good. I liked Justin Gardner. I liked uh, I liked Echo Boydo. Um, I liked everything that Kansas State put out in the secondary, which is just shocking because they were down five key guys there because of COVID and other stuff. So, um, I mean, the, the, there are so many stories you could tell from this game and how it happened. It's kind of wild. And, and we cannot uh, we cannot complete the conversation without mentioning Blake Lynch. Uh, what a uh, what what a story for you know, storybook ending for him. Uh, it wasn't the it wasn't a walk off, but fifty yards uh, to to break the tie, and and then uh, and then of course Kansas State held after that um, defensively. But what a what a what a great moment for the for the K State kicker. That was a huge kick, and I was uh, I was not confident he was going to make it uh, at the time because from where we were up in the press box, it looked like the wind was going straight into his face. And Blake Lynch is a very accurate kicker, but I haven't seen him make a whole lot from 50-plus. So in that situation with a tie game, you miss it, you give the ball back to Oklahoma in good field position. It's always a little bit of a risky proposition, but, man, he banged that through. Um, I know going into it, there were a lot of K-State fans thinking, you know, go for it here. That's probably the safer move. But no way. Lynch uh, Lynch nailed that thing through. He said that's actually the first uh, game winner he's had since high school. So um, Wow. Yeah, kudos to him on that, and uh, I don't think we've mentioned Skylar Thompson much yet either. But he, no, he showed we a lot talked of all around him. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know it's it's kind of humorous. I if the last two games have taught me anything, it's that Kansas State fans give him way too much blame when they lose, and probably a little bit too much credit when he wins. Um, but I think at this point, he's he's pretty much shown that he's a he's a solid quarterback, if nothing else. I mean, to to go out and beat Oklahoma in back to back years. Not many other Kansas State quarterbacks have done that. He also beat Oklahoma State when they are in the top ten. So, um, you know, he, he he's had some moments where he kind of makes you want to pull your hair out, but he uh, he's a giant slayer. He's won some huge games here at Kansas State. Yeah, it seems to be a big game quarterback. And 334 yards passing, the touchdown, no interceptions, uh, and rush for three touchdowns down by the goal line, or if there's a you know a, a third or fourth and short, you, you 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 just feel good when you know when he he gets under center and and, and they just push him through, and then he uh, he he's he's strong and and uh, uh, right he might he might end up being uh, you know Big Twelve Player of the Week for this. So well, let's bottom line this, Kellis. Uh, when you go when a team goes and wins at the favorite in their stadium, listen, it's it's an odd year. For for many reasons, and, um, and maybe the old r- rules don't apply. But with Kansas State doing what it uh, doing what it did on Saturday, there, is there a reason to believe there's not an opponent on their schedule that they they can't match up with and and, and beat? Um, I mean, no. I mean, probably not. After after that, if you can go into Oklahoma and win, why can't you beat everybody else in the schedule? By no means am I saying they're going to run the table here, but. Uh, I mean, they showed their potential here in this game, and um, shoot, I mean, think how close uh, Texas Tech and Kansas State was to being a game for first place in the Big Twelve. This <laughs> right. time. If Texas just held on to a fifteen-point lead with two minutes to go, this that's what it w- would have been. The winner of that game would have been an uh, all alone in first place. Uh, and instead, you know, now Texas is is still, I guess, one to zero in the league play. And I mean, who, who knows what happens with Oklahoma? 
they seem to do this every year. They lose one game that you, you don't anticipate and they uh, figure it out and win games down the stretch. So, uh, shoot, I, I really don't know what to predict about the rest of the season. We've seen such wacky results, but I, I think that certainly does, um, you know, allow Kansas State and their fans to dream a little bit here just because I don't think it's – I don't think the champion in this league is going undefeated. I think if ever there was a time for a team to lose two or three games and sneak into that that championship game at the end of the year, this is probably the year for it. I mean, when else, when else, right? So right, right. I, I think they're going to be in the thick of it. If they can take care of business and win the games they're supposed to, those last couple games uh, down the stretch against Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Texas could be very interesting. Okay. Well, Calvis, appreciate you spending some time with us. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will hear from – Chris Kleiman, this is from the Kansas State Radio Network, his, uh, his post-game interview. Let's go downstairs, visiting with the coach of the Wildcats, Chris Kleiman. Uh, you know what, Coach, the, the, the effort that your guys gave here today, but in particular in that second half, extraordinary. you got to be thrilled beyond thrilled. Congratulations. I really am. Uh, well, we challenged them at halftime. I didn't think we played disciplined, uh, great football. We played hard, but we didn't play disciplined, and we missed some plays. And, and that's what I asked the guys. I said, guys, is Oklahoma that much better than we are? And they all agreed that, no, they weren't. We just have to make some plays, and we have to be able to be disciplined. And, uh, and and I think we kind of wore them down a little bit in that second half. And uh, we made the plays that uh, we didn't make in the first half. And uh, I'm so proud of the defense because they were out there an awful long time in the first half. In the second half, we really got after the quarterback. You really did. And there were so many guys that made plays. I think about the, the two corners, and clearly you were short a lot of guys today. The, the job that Echo did, the job that Justin did, I mean, it's just, just terrific. Oh, phenomenal job those guys did. We played those two. We played Will Jones a little bit. It had had about half a practice at corner. Um, you know, we moved Jerron McPherson from free to strong, and uh, Wayne Jones. You know, we didn't know how Wayne was going to be with his health, and so we, he was only a spot player. So AJ Parker had to play a new position. Luckily, Ross Elder was able to play the whole game. But uh, yeah, just mixing and matching so many guys on defense and rotating a bunch of guys on the defensive line. But we we knew we had to hit the quarterback. We had to get hits on him, and uh, uh, we were able to do that as well as get some holding penalties one more and then i'll turn it to stand for a moment at some point though you've got to get something done offensively and i thought the toughness and leadership that sky showed today was remarkable and maybe this offensive line grew up a little bit today or maybe quite a bit they did grow up quite a, quite a bit and, and you could tell from upstairs they were going to say you're not running the ball at all we're going to bring everybody and blitz everybody and we're going to make you beat us outside and and uh you know 22 is a pretty decent player and we got it to him in space uh we got over the top of him a couple times with sebastian because if you're going to play everybody for the run, you're going to have some big plays. Philip got a big play on him, and, and, and Keon Mosey made a great play. So uh, we knew we had to throw the football. And you know what? Briley Moore's a warrior now. Yeah. That kid's a really good football player. Briley Moore making big plays. Skyler Thompson getting his first 300-yard or more passing game in his career. Coach, he becomes the first quarterback in K-State history to beat a top-10 team three <laughs> times. Um, j- just talk about the fight you did. This is the uh, K-State tying comeback, 21 points down. You're at Oklahoma, and you just keep grinding. Uh, it, it, it took a lot for your football team, a lot of big plays, but just what was the mindset? How are you communicating with the guys throughout this? Get the game to the fourth quarter with a chance, and uh, we ended up getting a couple of big plays. Uh, they were a difficult offense to stop, get a couple of big plays, and we thought if we could ever get them stopped, we could block a punt. <laughs> if we ever could get a stop, we said we had a chance to block a punt. Lo and behold, we were able to block the punt and get the touchdown. And I, We were going for two, um, but we had some confusion and didn't get the playoffs, so we ended up kicking the – 
extra point. But uh, uh, just the resolve our guys showed. We, we were down a bunch of guys. I know other schools are down a bunch of guys. And, you know, everybody can feel sorry for themselves when that happens. And this this group, I didn't let them, starting on Monday, uh, made sure that, that we as a staff held them accountable uh, to the high standard that we expect and that they expect. And uh, there were some leadership moments this week uh, and some team me team first, not me first things this week uh, that I knew that if we could get the game in the fourth quarter, we'd have a great chance. Well, how do you feel, how happy are you that you're in a normal routine? Because tomorrow's Sunday and you got to play next week. Uh, you know what? I'm excited about it. Guys are going to be sore and stuff, but uh, that's what you're expecting or used to as a football coach and player. And so uh, we're excited to keep going on a routine. One more thought here before we let you go. 50-yard field goal by Blake Lynch. How about that guy, huh? How about that? And and we gave him one of our hammers inside there because I, you know nobody was harder on himself than Blake was at, at last week and uh, or two weeks ago. And so you know, I asked him what his range was, and he said 52. And, <laughs> and it was a swirling wind down here. And sure enough, I mean, he striped it. And uh, so happy for him because we both know he's a big-time kicker now. Really is. Hey, go, go enjoy this one a little bit. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, I'm just curious, this week, um, what was it like in practice? I mean, was this one of these tough weeks that, that Andy gets on everybody, or was this just kind of run-the-mill business as usual? Um, well, you know, it's, uh, there's not a week that goes by where coach, coach Reed isn't going to get on you, man. He's, he, that's his, that's his job. You know, sometimes you just got to be like, take it easy, roller coaster tycoon. You know what I mean? And really get him to calm down. Cause he's, uh, he's, he's, what he, what he's trying to do is he's trying to make sure that everybody is, is on top of their game and especially a big game like this. Um, great practices usually turn into uh, great performances on Sunday or Monday in this in this matter, and uh, you know that's 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 why we love Coach Reed because he's always on our tail, making sure that we're doing the right things and uh, and trying to get better. Let's go next to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Uh, take it easy, roller coaster tycoon. That's a quote right there <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, just simple question here. You know, Ravens defense has had a lot of different personnel from last year to this year. What are you seeing on film, especially with guys like Patrick Queen, that rookie from LSU, a little different. Clark, their safety, a lot of different things going on with the Ravens defense. What do you see in film? I mean, they're no joke, man. They're no joke. They've uh, they've they've been flying around playing great football, uh, and, and and I feel like uh, a lot of the teams that they play, um, they they present a um, a bully mentality that kind of intimidates 
uh, some of the some of the guys that they're playing. That's what you, you got to attack that. You have to be able to 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 meet that um, and stand up uh, to 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 what they're presenting out there, knowing that um they're not going to do too much that tricks you that tricks you in terms of uh, coverage. Um, they're going to do a lot of good stuff. Uh, a lot of the good stuff they do is in blisses and and getting to the quarterback, and um you know that puts a lot of pressure on on the skill guys and the guys uh, out out wide to get open in space. And um you know that's where uh, we're we're ready for. For the challenge, go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Trav, I, I know you are a huge fan of the game. Obviously, coming up, just how much do you look forward to? You know, know knowing that okay, there's not going to be um, the same amount of fans, but how much do you look forward to a, a big game like this? Given uh, the Monday Night Football surround, Pat Lamar, the whole hoopla that goes into it. I mean, you play the game to, to play against the best, man. And there, there's it's no hidden secret. Baltimore Ravens are one of the best teams in the National Football League. And uh, going up against them is, is a huge and great challenge for us. And uh, that's what you get excited for. That's why that's why you play the game, in my mind. And, um, yeah, whether it be Monday night, Sunday at noon, you know what I mean, when you get to play against a great team, um, great offense, defense, and special teams, you know they're well coached. Uh, you know, you, you get fired up and you get geared up to, to put your best out there as well. Go next to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Jarvis. I just wanted to talk a little bit more about this this defense, they're ranked number one. They're really good at stopping the run. Um, and Coach Bienemy talked about how they just are going to blitz, blitz, blitz. So when you're getting ready, does that just get your adrenaline flowing earlier? You said they like to be the bullies on the block. But when it comes to technique and what they've been successful at, is there a certain way you have to handle a defense like that? Um. Yeah, without a doubt. You have to be – you have to – Put, keep them on their heels, really. And then that's the biggest thing for us is to try and, try and you know, be the attacker. You know, they play defense, which is a reactionary position. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if we stay on with our foot on the gas pedal, um, we give ourselves a chance. And uh, especially against a great defense. I mean, they, they, they fly around now. These are, these are strong, athletic, physical guys uh, that, that the Ravens have been able to put together um, as a defense over there. And we're just going to have to meet the challenge. Let's go next to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's up, Trav? How you doing? Steve. Hey, you mentioned a little bit earlier saying uh, this is a big game, but when talking to Tyron yesterday about the importance of this also being a conference game, right, uh, especially uh, between an opponent that could possibly have a chance at a number one seed, does that add any more importance to you? Because, of course, uh, with the change of the NFL playoffs where there would only be one first-round bye? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it just amps it up a whole nother level. Uh, obviously, we try and take every single game that we play – uh, serious and, and and there's no more game important than the one that you have that week, and uh, and it's no no more important than this week, right? Just because there we know that uh, especially last year we were in the hunts with them uh, to try and get that home field advantage and, uh, and very similar teams uh, with a, with a lot of great players. So um, you never know how things pan out, but uh, you definitely want to put yourself in the in the best position uh, even even early on in the season. Go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Travis, a bit of a general question here, but I just want to ask you about how your family has helped you get to where you are today. Saw that moment with your dad after the Super Bowl, pretty powerful, and also your brother, been a mentor to you your whole life. How has your family gotten to you to where you are today? Man, you know what? It's, um, it's, been, it's, been, a, it's been such a fortune, man. It's just been such a blessing to have a, a, a supportive family. And it's not just my, uh, my immediate family, man. I, I, I have a lot of moms and dads back in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, that uh, – that, that have told me that I've been uh, making them proud throughout the years. And, you know, that's, uh, those are the fulfilling things that you, uh, you try and strive for in life. 
is to make sure that um, you know the people that helped you along the way are uh, are proud of where you've come and how and how you've done it. Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Travis. In your career outside of the division, it feels like you have had close playoff games with the Colts, with the Steelers, and obviously most recently with the Patriots. Um, you haven't played the Ravens yet in the playoffs, but do you feel like this is the next sort of team that you can identify with that outside of the division but within the conference is someone that you know is a one a rival and one an equal in, in that regard? Um. I honestly, I don't really try and get caught up into what could play out later on in the year. I mean, yeah, you think about it, and uh, you know that this is one of the best teams in the National Football League and that there's a possibility that you meet up in the playoffs. Um, but for the most part, it's just taking it week by week and making sure that you're, 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 um, you're getting the game plan down pat. Like there's nothing, there's nothing else that matters uh, other than the week at hand, and I uh, just can't look too far down the road. We'll ask to Breland Moore. Go ahead, Breland. Hey, Travis. First off, is that a Chicago Wolves hat that you have on? It is. I love international, uh, the IHL hockey back in the day. I'm a big uh, Cleveland Lumberjacks fan as well, but I, I rock all the old school vintage hats from the 90s. Beautiful. I love it. Well, my question, a couple of your teammates have already touched on this today, but um, you said on Instagram earlier this week that you never want to play in an empty stadium again. Here you are going to play in an empty stadium again. How have you guys mentally prepared for that atmosphere now that you know going in what uh, kind of what to expect? Um, it's just, uh, you know what, we, we, we try to create energy um, and maintain that through, uh, through 60 minutes of football. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's difficult, especially when, um, you know, things aren't necessarily going your way. So we just got to make sure that we, uh, we control the things that we can control and focus on that and, uh, and go out there and play good football. You know, we uh, we didn't put our best effort out there on, on the field last week, and I'm pretty sure a lot of guys will say that. Um, I know I definitely didn't, and uh, you know, I just, all it does is just fire you up to do uh, do better this week. And um, hopefully we get fans out there sooner than later. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette for stopping by and talking about K-State's big victory at Oklahoma on Saturday. Links to his stories about the game and the Wildcats can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There's more than 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday to talk about the Chiefs-Ravens game. Mm-hmm.